Hello, 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 and thank you so much for pressing play on the latest edition of the Michigan Soccer Central Podcast, your weekly dip into the world's game being played right here in the Great Lakes state of Michigan. How's it going? My name's Robert Kerr, your host of the program, as always, trying to uh, capture as many perspectives of our favorite game here Um right here in our backyards and sometimes the stories that we gather here and perspectives here are universal in some ways and also uh, truly unique. Um, we talk on this program with fans, coaches, players, administrators sometimes, and uh, those who cover it in uh, mainstream media. We got someone on the line in that line of work. We got Phil Friend. Uh, of the Lansing State Journal to talk about one of those stories that spans from right here in our backyard to uh, across the other side of the globe. This game is wonderful in all of its layers. We've got local teams, we got national teams, we got those all over in every country of the globe, uh, from local to international. And uh, one of our own from uh, the Great Lakes State has. Uh, gone from East Lansing over there to uh, the other side of the Atlantic. And we'll talk to Phil Friend about Zoe Morse and her uh, move to Brighton. Um, if you want to check out uh, what's going on in Michigan Soccer Central, the best place is to go to social media. Michigan Soccer Central really is the... Uh, the hub for the entire Michigan soccer community, whether you're a coach, player, or a supporter. This is the spot, I'm telling you. One of the things that's been going on this week, Midwest Premier League has been announcing teams um, almost <laughs> every other day for the last week or so. Uh, just before hopping on recording, uh, a brand new team was uh, announced in the Midwest Premier League um, called Liquid Football, which um, looks to be created by uh, former Detroit City FC George Chamakov and uh, Javi Bautista. So that's uh, an interesting development. Earlier in the week, we had the announcement of uh, United West FC who uh, started last year in another league and then was just announced, um, I think, last night or in recent days as joining the Midwest Premier League. And that's not too far along after Troy United, the Troy Michigan-based team, also joined the Midwest Premier League. So lots of things uh, going on in... Midwest Premier League action uh, coming up this weekend. I'm pleased I'm going back out to Grand Rapids to commentate the second ever home game of uh, Rapid City Football Club. Some arena football action, uh, some exciting stuff to heat up uh, cold winter nights. Um, and I believe it's a superhero and princess night out there um, in Grand Rapids. 21st of January at 6.30. So 
That could be an exciting weekend, but head over to at MI Soccer Central on any of the major social media platforms and you uh, can find uh, the spot to connect with the Michigan soccer community. So this week's feature interview is with uh, Phil Friend from the Lansing State Journal here on the Michigan Soccer Central podcast. All right, next up here on Michigan Soccer Central, I'm going to expand a little bit on the news last week that East Lansing native and former Lansing United player Zoe Morse uh, got a transfer to Brighton and Hove Albion women's side in the Women's Soccer League in England. And to get a little bit of context on the uh, East Lansing native, uh, Virginia uh uh, player and then uh, Chicago Red Stars turned international transfer, got friend of the program and a former Lansing State Journal sports writer who's covered quite a bit in the past. We have Phil Friend in line. Thank you for rejoining us here on the Michigan Soccer Central podcast, sir. Oh, no problem at all. Thank you for having me. So exciting news for uh, Michigan based soccer having. Um, and not only a professional uh, get a, a second contract after being or a, multiple contracts as a pro, but getting to go overseas uh, to play in one of the top leagues, if not, uh, you know, challenging NWSL for the top league in uh, women's soccer in the world. Yeah, well, I, I think it's a little bit twofold. One, like you said, it's uh, very exciting to you know see someone you know local here in Greater Lansing, you know, kind of make these leaps and bounds in terms of playing the NWSL and now in the Women's Super League uh, in England. But also it shows just how far maybe in the past, two, probably in the past couple of years and maybe, you know, incremental steps over the past decade, how much, how big women's soccer is kind of becoming worldwide, and especially in Europe with more of those teams taking it more seriously. So uh, the announcement came out. Uh, Brighton and Hove Albion is actually um, in the lower reaches of the WSL. They're in 11th of 12th, but seem to be uh, making a big push as Zoe was the fourth uh, signing of the January transfer window over there. And so it seems like they're investing some in the team to try to drive them up the table over there and uh she went right into the starting lineup unfortunately uh her uh debut was a a three nil loss to lester but uh definitely they see her being a key player uh jumping straight into the mix uh to give her a little bit of background Uh, she played 31 matches for the chicago red stars she was a pro from 2020 until now played usa under 20s in uh 20 uh december 2017 through uh 2018 she played 11 for the national side at the u20 level so she's obviously uh, not making made that a jump i mean uh, when i told my kids i was very excited when i read the news i told my kids about it and they didn't know the name and it kind of struck me that you kind of to make that the the real big leap into the conscious you got to kind of make that senior women's team i wonder if uh this jump overseas is is a push to try to maybe get into that side well, I think anytime you have an American international now playing in the women's super league, I think that's certainly going to raise her profile a little bit along with the fact that of course, kind of what you hit it on, she played and she started in all but one match for the red stars last year. It was really kind of a breakout year for her. And the only match, the match she missed was because of red card accumulation, but she did 
play in the Red Stars alone playoff game. So she was obviously a key cog for, for them in, in their run to the playoffs last year. And you said uh, when you covered her, it was mostly for Lansing United and then when she got drafted into uh, the NWSL. And you said uh, she she played in the club program. Uh, where was she at? Uh, which program was she at up there? Yeah, she played for the Michigan Hawks, which is interesting. And you kind of see that quite a bit with a lot of the, you know, higher end, higher profile players uh, in the in the underage setups here in American soccer. Like she attended East Lansing High School, but did not play soccer there. She just strictly focused on club soccer with the Michigan Hawks before going on to her uh, four-year career at Virginia. Yeah, so she's a center back, and she played a ton for Virginia at college power. Um, so when you were uh, covering her for Lansing United, uh, did she play much and what kind of impact? And she was uh, there around like 2017, 2018, around that time, right? Yeah, so she played for uh, Lansing United during the uh, summer of 2019. And I th- it was one of those situations that I think they were hoping to get more games out of her. And it's one of those things where in between during those summer, you know, those summer league type teams and you know, players that are still in college. There's always like a push pull when, you know, your availability and how often you can play on weekends. And I, I think she kind of got caught in that a little bit. And I also remember she brought one of her teammates uh, with her to play for Lansing United from, from Virginia. And that girl ended up tearing her ACL playing for Lansing United. So I also think that might've put it in in terms of how much she was actually playing for Lansing United. But uh yeah, but but the you know the few games we did kind of get to see her play for them, like uh, and she does the same thing for the Red Stars and what I presume she'll do for Brighton. For Brighton, uh, she's really a progressive, you know, center uh, center back. I kind of I don't know if it's quite. I'm a Spurs fan, so this is the example I'm kind of going to go to. I'm not sure she's quite in the Christian Romero realm in terms of just uh, being a center back who's going to hustle upfield as soon as he can and you know be a, a huge progressive. But she is the type of player that. Uh, when is comfortable on the ball because she she did play central midfield I think at some at some point maybe not at Virginia but you know in her in her youth playing days she's pretty good at progressing ball getting the ball upfield and you know starting the counter attack and and I got to believe that's really the thing that Brighton saw from her and, and what she could do and and bring it to the bring her skill to the uh, Super League. What was your interaction with then when she made that uh, step when she got drafted in WSL in 2020? Yeah, you know that was such a a weird time because you know that's coming that's coming right around you know the covid stuff so or when this, the beginning of the pandemic so you know you had the draft and the really only NWSL thing going on in that year was the what was they called the challenge cup and you know she played quite a bit in the challenge cup and but you know it's it's just weird transition and you know not get really to get to play a full season immediately after your senior year of college because because of that but i mean the fact that you can get drafted and play right away is, is always pretty good. And she seemed very excited about the opportunity. And, you know, that when we talked that day about, you know, her, her goals and ambitions, you know, it's, of course, it's always national team, especially in women's soccer, you know, well, I want to make the, I want to get called into the national team and, you know, and be a factor there. And, and while that hasn't quite happened yet for her as a professional, you know, the, the move to Brighton might, as I said, might get her on the, even the radar, radar even uh, a little bit more here, but I, you know, and I'm sure that, you know, Leon, I guess, is an example. They're literally one of the superpowers in women's world soccer. And, you know, maybe that's always the type of dream. But I'm sure, you know, getting to play for play, play overseas in England is a, you know, got to be a pretty good step for her in terms of, you know, reaching her dreams and goals. 
Yeah, it'd be interesting uh, to hear more about it. Uh, you were uh, going to have uh, an interview with her later in the week. You're going to have a piece uh, coming out about her? Yes, that is correct. Uh, we're talking uh, Thursday afternoon. Knock on knock on wood unless uh, something happens. Uh, uh, like we were t- like we were talking about off uh, off air, uh, it was one of those interviews that we kind of hoped to. Uh, we're trying to get it get it done for over a week now, and it's one of those things I had hoped to get get done before we talked. But uh, you know, sometimes the world does uh, does not really align. So you know, so it goes sometimes. But uh, so I'll be very interested to hear. Uh, or is it going to be a written or a, a, a podcast piece? Because you're in a new role now since we first talked. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yes. Uh, the previous time that we talked, you know, I was a Sports writer at the uh, Lansing Saint Journal, really covering a lot of different things, doing a lot of our soccer coverage as well. And while I am still with uh, with our parent company, I'm not really, you know, doing too much of that at the moment. Although the, the Zoe Morse thing is is going to be a little bit of a, a exception to that, I guess. But uh, yeah, I'm kind of excited to talk to her. I kind of want to know how it all came about. You know, technically, yeah, I know in your intro you said it was a transfer. Technically, it wasn't a transfer because her contract was up with the Red Stars. But I'm it's one of those things where I'm like nearly certain that it's a situation where the Red Stars knew, she knew, her agent knew that they had already gotten contact from from Brighton in terms of their interest in them. So they already knew she was, I got to assume, they already knew she was heading for Brighton, which is why she didn't re-sign with the Red Stars in the offseason. Yeah, she saw, I mean, her, her contract was running out. She took the opportunity. Yeah, th- th- yeah that's a, a good distinction that it, it wasn't a transfer. It was a, a free agent signing, so to speak. There you go. But uh, but but probably, but maybe, a, yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, you can say transfer with an asterisk or free agent signing with an asterisk too in terms of, well, it's one of those things where if there was an extended contract, there's I got to believe there's a chance that Brighton may have paid a transfer fee for. I didn't read anything about that in uh, the coverage that I saw. They just... I believe I saw the what you were just saying about uh, picking her up at, at the end of her Red Stars contract. I, I believe I read that, but and nowhere in the the multiple things that I I went through was there mentioned a transfer fee. They got more son of free, it would seem. There you go, exactly. Uh, I do find it interesting that Brighton really put her put her in the lineup right away. Like I thought they would like maybe just uh, gradually work her into the to the lineup, but they played her right away in that in that loss and. It's also kind of interesting that when I was looking at the uh, Super League standings, like when they signed, or when she signed with Brighton, Brighton was in the 11th place out of 12 with seven points. And then 12th place, Leicester, uh, had zero points. And only one team gets relegated in the Super League. So I was like, well, seven-point gap. You're a little less than halfway through the season. That seems like they actually might – things might be going okay for them in terms of not getting relegated. But then they played, you as you mentioned in the intro, they or not in the intro but earlier, they played Leicester – uh, a couple of days or over the weekend on Sunday and Lester won three. So Lester's down with three points, Brighton with seven points. And now uh, I've got to say, you know, she's going to play a key role in what certainly appears to be a relegation battle for, for Brighton. And I'm interested. Yeah. I, I'm interested in looking forward to your piece to get uh, her motivations and whether, it, you know, she mentions the, the national team at all, or if it's just wanted to get out of Chicago. Um, there's definitely tumult going on there in that time period. When she was there, and it, or if it was just a, you know, I just wanted to test the waters overseas. I, I'm curious to find out. Uh, where will that be found, uh, Mr. Friend? Yeah, you'll be able to find that story at lsj.com. Uh, like I said, like, even though I'm not really a sports writer anymore, there have been, since I'm still with the parent company, there's a few occasions where they've kind of asked me to do a thing here or there, and, and I have done that with, uh, with glee and joy. 
Well, thank you for uh, coming on and talking about it. It's very exciting. Like I said at the top, uh, Michigander uh, making waves in the professional game and uh, going overseas and taking on a challenge and certainly an adventure over there, Brian, in the Women's Soccer League. So, uh, friend of the show, Phil Friend, thank you so much for uh, joining us once again. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me on. Greatly uh, appreciate it and enjoy my time. this week's edition of the Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. Thank you to Phil Friend for coming on to the podcast once again. Looking forward to seeing uh, his piece uh, from uh, his interview uh, with Zoe uh, coming up. Um, Thank you to all the guests that have been on the program. Uh, Please check out the Spotify or the the audio playlist feed to catch up on past episodes. And be sure to uh, subscribe to the Michigan Soccer Central YouTube channel. That is a place that doesn't have um, nearly the uh, the following as uh, the social media platform. So uh, we'd really love to expand that. So feel free to subscribe to the Michigan Soccer Central YouTube channel. All right. Thank you to uh, the Michigan Soccer Central core team. Thank you to John, Jenny Hajnaki for editing the program as always. And until next time, everybody, hope to see you and enjoy your soccer. <laughs>